Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and the streak is winding down as it is St. Patrick's Day. I didn't realize that until I started recording this. St. Patrick's Day 2017, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to address what I talked about a few days ago. I put on a few evergreen podcasts over the last few days, uh, so this is the first one I'm recording. Uh, the streak is going to come to an end on opening day. It is going to be... Uh, I'm going to continue posting a new podcast. I have several evergreen ones in the can that I was ready to, you know, was going to save for a little bit later. But uh, uh, I'm going to pull back the the pro- now I, the 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 ironic thing is this. Here's the ironic thing. What I'm pulling back to is probably what most people expect from a podcast about once a week with a break every once in a while. Um, and, and and so that's what I'm going to do. Now, what I'd like to see, because there's, there's it's kind of twofold. Um, I'd like to see if some of you who float down the River Sully continue listening. And I'd also like to see if maybe if using the sort of the the NFL logic of it's on – fewer times to see if maybe, well, I have more listeners maybe. Maybe instead of some of you who are just listening a couple of times a week, maybe all of you listening to the same episode. I don't know. Uh, but the doing it every day, as I said before, was just becoming a little bit impractical. And I decided to pull back the reins a little bit. Now, it means I'll probably... I've also banked a lot of these teams that should have won podcasts. So it'll probably mean I'm doing two a week, and which is more than most podcasters do. It's strange that that's going to feel like a, a lightning of the load. Um, I want to get some of your thoughts, however. I want to get some of your thoughts. First of all, if you think you're going to continue listening to the show, uh, tweet back at me. Uh, hashtag ravioli. If you really think you're going to be listening and, and continuing to listen at least once a week, hashtag ravioli. Now, do you think that I should expand the show to one 40-minute-a-week program where I talk about the, you know, whatever's on my mind and, you know, obviously I'm going to review some of the things that are happening in the game, but I'll also go, there will be days I'm going to do my own thing and go off of my weird little tangents that I do from time to time. Or, and, and then maybe have another episode, which is the, which team should have won. Um, or do you think I should make that be one episode? Like the first half is... Sully Baseball Thoughts, and I sort of build up to the second half, which is the team that should have won. And I tease it out a little bit. 
you know, these are these are the things. So would it be it'd be like one forty minute show a week instead of five twenty minute shows a week? I don't know. I want to get your input on this. You know, I I only have a couple more weeks where I'm going to be doing this every single day. And for those of you out there, and and by the way, I I've got some really really great responses from people. Um, some people you know wrote some really good things. I'm gonna I'll post some of them on Twitter. And I got a couple of private emails, uh, and I really do appreciate. Believe me, you know most of the time I've been doing this podcast, uh, I I feel like I've been sometimes shouting into a canyon. And wondering, does anyone hear me? Does anyone besides Cubs fan with an eight and my mother hear me? I know Cubs fan with an eight is out there. I know my mom is. But I got a lot of nice responses from people saying that they just liked having me be their baseball companion throughout the offseason. And, and believe me, believe me, friends, I've loved being your friend throughout the offseason, too. And we'll see what condition the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast is in uh, come the end of the 2017 season, whether or not it's practical for me to go back to being a daily show or not. But I actually, I got to tell you something. An emotion that I was not expecting to feel when I made the decision to wind this down was... A small sense of exhilaration. And I'll tell you why. Now, I, I'm going to bust out my calculator here as I record this. So, so bear with me. Most of the episodes that I've done are, I, I'm, I'm not, this is just sort of an estimate. Let's say they're about 22 minutes long. I've done some episodes that are like 25, 26 minutes long. I've done some that were more like, 18 or 19 minutes long, I bet, and, and I haven't done this yet, but I bet if you added up all the podcasts and, and divided them by this and the other thing, you would find that they were about 23 minutes long. So let's just put that in there. 23 minutes. This streak will end roughly 1,620. I didn't do the exact number yet, but it's going to be roughly 1,620. So that's 23 minutes times 1,620. That's 37,260 minutes that I've recorded. How many hours is that? Divide that by 60. That's roughly 620 hours of material. 620 hours of original material that I've done over the last four plus years. And where I got exhilaration thinking about that is I started looking through my um, what, what's the word my, my spreadsheet that I've made of all the episodes that I've done, and I list the number of the episode, the who the guest was, where I recorded it, and look a little description, and six hundred and twenty hours of material means at least a couple of those hours were, were good. And that 
if I wrap it up, the daily part of it, and it was this insane thing I did for four years of my life, a little more than four years of my life, and when you consider that uh, I'm going to be in my mid-40s, that means about one-tenth of my life was recorded every single day. I start thinking that maybe instead of adding to all of that raw material, that maybe there were things I could make of it. Maybe there were videos where that could be the soundtrack. Maybe there is enough material there for a one-person show or a monologue show or a documentary. Maybe I've compiled enough raw material over the years, some of it done extemporaneously. Maybe some of it's not bad, but if I take this little part, I could polish it and make it better, and all of a sudden, I have material for a book or a collection of essays or maybe a goddamn haiku. Sorry, Ray. By the way, someone asked me who Ray was. Ray's one of my most devoted listeners, and he I know his son is listening, so I try not to swear too much, but I do from time to time, and we're all just going to have to deal with that a little bit. And I, I gave a, uh, a talk at Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley, last week, not as uh, a baseball expert, but as a professional in the video industry. I'm, I'm a video producer. I make videos for high-tech companies. That's what pays the bills. And when I was there, because I've also, you know, I haven't always worked in the corporate world. I worked, I'm an Emmy-nominated TV producer. I've worked on some big television shows and some tiny television shows. I directed my own movie, all this other stuff. I've done, I've sampled a lot from the creative buffet. And I gave a piece of advice to the students there. And that piece of advice was finish things. Finish things. Don't let things be incomplete. Don't have plays that are half-written. Don't have a movie that you started shooting, but it's just raw footage. Don't, you know, if you're going to do comedy, get on stage and do comedy. If you're going to be a video maker, go out and make a video and publish it and get it out there. And don't keep recutting the same damn thing. You know, if it stinks, then build upon that. But finishing things, seeing things to a conclusion, is a valuable tool because then you can say, okay, I've accomplished that. I've accomplished that, and now I'm going to do something else. Now, it's funny. My accomplishment was doing this thing every day, and part of it was almost a dare. How long can I pull this thing off? And friends, there were days along the way where I thought it was going to come to a crashing end. 
But then again, I persevered until I realized certain elements became just impractical and it was becoming less about the fun of doing it every day and more about how disappointed I would be if I'd stopped. But now this is a new potential exciting chapter of which some of you, Chuck Booth, Tina Baylock, some of you, Anna, some of you have been there from, if not the beginning, then almost the beginning. And have been able to be there and hear some of my mindsets and see some of the stuff that I've, you know, wind up talking about. And it's been fun having you all along. But what if I finished it? What if that was the journey? And now I have all this raw material. My mindset, things that I things that I thought of, and I can do something new. And I can say, do you do the podcast? Yeah, I do a podcast still. I used to do it every single day. And that led to this show, this documentary, this book. This video series, maybe, God forbid, a way to make a living at this? Can I say God forbid, Ray? Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. It's raw materials. It's like the draft. It's like a team drafting players, and then they can build them and develop them and mold a team. Maybe that's what I've been doing. Maybe what I've been doing is building up so much raw material that I can build a bunch of things that you all who have been here for the slog, you say, yeah, I was there when he first said that. Maybe what you've been hearing is the equivalent of what a writer does in terms of their morning pages or a stand-up comedian going to open mics or someone brainstorming, spitballing. And I've been doing it in a public way, though. I'm just sort of having my brain vomit everywhere. But I've been thinking as I've been scrolling through some of my past episodes. Yeah, some of them have no shelf life. Predicting this game. You know, analysis of what's going to happen when this team faces that. Who's going to win the trade deadline. All that crap. Which is, you know, important to do along the way of a podcast like this. It's not, no one's going to go back and say, hey, I can't wait to listen to what Sully predicted before the Division Series. Well, then why don't you just find out who won the damn Division Series? And sometimes I'm extraordinarily wrong. But I've also talked a lot about parallel universes and how fragile our notion of reality is. That what team won, what team lost, what team's a hero, what team has a goat is so fragile and the fact that what we see as reality in so many different cases could be twisted on its head if one tiny thing happened as opposed to another one of my favorite examples is you know the 1986 postseason was 
three, uh, four franchises all could have had their defining moments, and they all were teetering on their defining moments. That one thing bounces here, one thing bounces there, and the Astros could have won the World Series. You know, they blew two, they lost, what, two extra inning games, they lost one on the three-run walk-off homer, they lost on a 16-inning game where a single run in the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, or 16th inning could have sent them to the Game 7 where Mike Scott would have won. Obviously, we know about the Angels. They were one strike away, and Donnie Moore led up the home run to Dave Henderson. But did you forget that the Angels tied that game, had a runner on third with one out and a deep fly ball, would have won the pennant for the Angels. And Dave Henderson's home run would have been ah, like Rajay Davis's home run in the World Series. Remember, oh, that was a great dramatic moment, but in a losing cause. But the thing I really remember was Gary Pettis hit a deep drive to left field that pinned Jim Rice to the wall. If it was a foot higher, would have cleared the wall, and the Angel would have gone to the World Series. The Angels would have been in the World Series. There would have been no 86 World Series for the, for the Red Sox. That would have been an obscure division that they won. Bill Buckner would be remembered as a good, solid player, borderline Hall of Famer, probably not enough, but played hurt, played hard, and who could say a bad thing about Bill Buckner? Gene Mock would be in the Hall of Fame. Gene Autry would have had his team in the World Series. And all that could have happened if a ball was one foot higher. I mean, there are all sorts of things like that that I've talked about over the years, which is more than just, hey, close call, but it, it has ramifications. It's ramifications how we think about players, how we think about cities, how we think about entire careers. Dave Henderson's entire career is worshipped because of that home run he hit. Dave Roberts' entire career is a celebration of that one stolen base. Aaron Boone's entire career is jumping up and down at the thought, for Yankee fans, of the home run that he hit. But other names could have had those titles. And other people who took the blame and were goats would be revered as heroes. And I think that going through some of these old podcasts where I articulate elements like that is kind of less about baseball and more about life. More about how reality unfolds. And maybe this is something I can take all this material and see, what have I really been talking about? Obviously, it isn't just about the games, because I do these things in the middle of February. Obviously, it isn't about predictions, because I think predicting stuff is kind of boring and kind of futile. I mean, we all do it because it's part of being a sports fandom. But have I really been talking about something else? Have I been talking about trying to understand what it is 
to live a life and be in reality and understand how fragile reality is. And that elements that we have control over are there and elements that we have no control over are also there. Am I really talking less about the game and more about existence? And that sounds pretentious, and maybe it is. But sometimes you need to take two steps back and say, I've been talking for all those hours. It can't all be about the brewer's infield. There's something else that is driving some of you to come listen to me as well, to jump on board the River Sully and float down. It's not just for companionship. There are lots of podcasts out there. You can find a new episode of some podcast every day. So maybe by finishing this, by finding a conclusion to the daily podcast, I can actually take two steps back and say, what the hell have I been talking about all this time? And it might catch me by surprise. But I'm not going to catch you by surprise. I've got a few more weeks of doing this every single day. So go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. I'm considering renaming the podcast once it goes to a shorter format to simply the Sully Baseball Podcast. Let me know what you think about that. But either way, for now, it still is the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I am your introspective host, Paul Francis Sullivan. And by all means... Call me Sully.